Welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hi, welcome back to another episode. So amazing to be here with you today. I feel like I keep saying the same thing in my intro. Well, of course, my intro is the same every time, but my me, like, it's so good to be here. I say the same thing. Anyway, I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit. That's just something that I just became aware of. Anyway, I hope you're having such an incredible week so far. We just wrapped up our Poolside Profit Plan workshop. And one of the things that I went deep into is this concept of an evergreen content machine. And I wanted to bring to light sort of the concepts and methods that are unpacked in this idea and the way that I think about content and the way that we teach content to help you get more out of what you publish, what you produce, what you put out into the world so you can actually use it to get clients. This is one of my favorite ways to grow your business because ultimately content is king, right? Content is the commodity. Attention is the commodity. And If you do not create this skill and develop the mastery around, you know, communicating in a compelling way through the platform that you have been given to do, it will feel like a constant uphill battle for you. So a lot of people look at this as just sort of like a to-do on their list of things. They look at it as sort of like, oh, I can just delegate that out or I shouldn't have to do it or it's just sort of like a last minute thought. But if you put in the reps starting today and you give yourself a good chunk of time every day to really build this skill and strengthen that muscle, it will produce an ROI for you for the life of your business, for the life of your life. Communication. It's communication itself. It's being able to capture attention and turn that into something. And nobody is taking this. Like there's just too many people that are not taking this seriously enough. And so it's one of our biggest core elements. And what we do is we help women become better communicators through their content so they can reach more people and make more money. And part of this idea of an evergreen content machine was really uh, initiated by this idea of summer and how I think about leveraging um, this time to get more out of content that I've already created or more out of a customer journey that I've designed so that I don't have to work as hard or that I can put in less effort and have more reliability in our revenue. And so I want to just sort of skim the surface of what we unpacked there. If you want, you can um, you can purchase that workshop in the, the curriculum. It would be really, really useful for you. And we'll include those in the show notes here. But I want to give you some context as far as like how this looks and feels. And so you can start thinking about this for you regardless of the season that it is. And so one of the things that I think it's important to really speak to is this idea that 
there's no such thing as passive income. And like, I know this was a really big trend for a little bit as like, I'm going to sip margaritas on the beach while I look at my Stripe notifications or whatever. That's just a lie. And you should never be in a scenario where you set it and forget it forever or even for a long period of time, because that's just not responsible. That's just not responsible, you know, if you think about being a business owner and really being making sure you're monitoring results, you're tweaking, you're adjusting. And I think too, as heart-centered women, we don't want to just like put our business on repeat. Yes, there are processes and rhythm and cadence you can build in that's going to give you more of that sustainability without putting in more and more effort, which is what we want to dive into today. But I want to make sure that you understand that there's a difference, right? What the difference is between like something like passive income or this idea of set it and forget it versus leveraging you know, time and expertise and things within your toolkit to optimize so that you can get more out of your inputs. I always think about things in regards to inputs and outputs. This is like my project management days coming out. But when you think about how much effort you're putting in versus what you're getting out of that, right? That's the output then we want to make sure that there's proportion there or even better, less input, bigger output. That's really what leverage is. And so we're always finding ways to leverage, but you will never see me teach anything in regards to set it and forget it. And I will never talk about passive income because in order to be a category leader, you have to be innovative. You have to continue to evolve and shift with the industry. And even in just the last episode, I believe, you know, I made comment about how much the industry has changed just in the last six to 12 months. And so even like our core curriculum, that our program that is evergreen, that is like so, so good, that it's already, we already have to update it. And so if I just let it go and set it and forget it and just sort of told people, even though, you know, clients are getting really incredible results, I know that there's additions that need to be made. We need to update some things based on some trends that we're seeing. And it would be a disservice to my clients if I just had this idea of, you know, set it and forget it and I'm just going to make money while I like chill. And I know if you're like me, like, I, you have to like strip me away from work because I love what we do so much and I can't not think about it. I can't not really optimize and improve. So there's a difference. So when we think about more leverage, that's what I want you to lean into. And it's always finding ways to optimize so that you can get more output out of your input. So one of the things that I talked about in relation to your evergreen content machine is this analogy around shopping, around um, specifically actually a boutique that I shop at here locally. Now, I know a lot of you mostly are doing online shopping at this point, which is totally fine, but I really like to use this analogy to give you a visual as to how people are experiencing you and your content. I don't think people do this enough as far as putting themselves in the shoes of their potential client and really going through that process of what that looks and feels like. And so this visual or this story can help you do that. So first of all, when I think of the four stages of a client journey, I think of boutique. And why we do this client journey experience is because you cannot look at your content or even social media 
as a one-stop thing. It's not this thing that's created in silo. It's not just this thing that you put on your to-do list. It's actually a small piece of a bigger journey. It's a small piece to a bigger puzzle. And when you start seeing it in that light and you start to understand how this all works together, what happens is you will really be able to A, produce higher converting content, but you'll also have an entire ecosystem that is always working for you so that you can increase your conversions, you know, get more clients, you're always increasing leads, and you're understanding what to look at and what to monitor in order to increase that optimization. And so when we look at the four stages of a client journey in context to this idea of somebody shopping you, the first stage is that storefront. This is the first impression that people get of you. And when you think about walking by a store, let's say you actually do shop in, say, a mall. Or, you know, we have in a whole, uh, it's called the village here locally, where uh, you, it's like an outdoor experience. There's a bunch of shops, there's a movie theater, there's restaurants. And, you know, people do walk around. They stroll around and they're walking by these stops or these stores. And if you think about it, one of the things, if we sort of reverse engineer this process, which is exactly what we're doing in this client journey, we have to think about, well, what is it that people, what is it that people are thinking or feeling before they even come into the store? And so if you haven't heard of a store before and you see a name that looks unfamiliar to you and you're deciding whether or not to come in, right, what is going to be the thing that ultimately helps you decide are you going to stop we're not even talking about coming in yet it's just like should I even stop here to see what this is about and in relation to your social media this is your storefront this is your bio this is your profile pic it's that first impression it's the first thing that people see when they are a passerby in some cases people are they're finding you on Instagram right maybe they see a post by you in the explored feed. So they click on your name and they go to your quote unquote storefront, <laughs> which is sort of, it's again, that first experience where they see your bio and this is related to Instagram. They see your bio, they see your um, picture and then they see your first nine posts or your first nine pictures, not even content yet. Um, on Facebook, it's similar, but you have actually your banner, right? Your profile, there is a bio and then your feed of content which is also going to be something that they will binge. They will look at. And so when you think about your storefront, have you ever looked at that from an outsider looking in really saying, is my storefront, my signage, if you will, clear and specific enough that's telling people, yes, you should come in or no, you should not come in. This is where we get to really assess the clarity of your message, the specificity of your content, the visual experience of your images, the professionalism of your brand, and it's ultimately going to give that first impression that's going to say, like, again, should I stop, right? And then we start to even think about furthermore, will people come in? But right now, are people even going to stop? And what happens is most people, it's like, I just want my content to convert. It's like, well, let's back up. Yes, we want to help you create content that is converting lots of clients, right? You're it's sending people to your DMs, to your pages, it's booking calls. But in order to be able to effectively do that, we have to back up and really look at that full experience. And so go now and look wherever your primary platform is, do a sniff test for yourself. 
Is it clear who I want to stop, right? Is, is the signage really telling people that they should stop or they should keep walking? Is my message compelling? Is the vibe there, right? Like all the visual and even sensory sort of experiences that people have right away just through that look of your storefront. And so when we think about in context to your evergreen content machine, if you want assets that produce results for you every single time, this is one of the most important things you need to look at. Because if you can't even get people to stop, why, right? Why are you giving them things that are trying to get them to buy? Okay. So again, it gives you a much holistic picture. Now, the second piece of this journey is the teaser. So when I asked this question in Poolside Profit Plan, because we were going more deeply into this experience and, and really helping them see where they could optimize and what their journey looks like and you know doing some social media audits. But when you think about um, what sort of is initial types of things that gives you some context around what you do and, and how you do it, it's that teaser. And this is, again, that if, if somebody decides to stop, it's like, okay, I'm checking you out, right? And somebody automatically on, on Poolside Profit, when I ask this question, like what are some elements that decide whether or not you're going to go into the store? Somebody had said it's the clothes on the mannequin, right? And so I want you to consider those images and that content, that core content that's on your platform. So for Instagram, you know, it's that it could be your pinned posts, um, or just your first nine on Facebook, it's, you know, your first four or five, um, in, which is kind of like giving them that teaser. It's like, is this something that is going to a fit my style, right? And be something that I really like. If you think about it in relation to, you know, a mannequin with the clothes on, if I said, if I walked by a store and it said, you know, it was a name and the name was like clothing store, Right. And, or maybe it said clothing store for women, but it had nothing in the windows of any sort of indicator of the style of clothing, right? The type of women it was trying to attract. Like, I don't think I would go in. So it's this teaser that allows people to start to really feel do I even like you, right? So that first step, it's like we're coming to know them. And the storefront allows that recognition to occur and the awareness of like, okay, this store is here. This person is here and I want to stop by and I want to check it out. And that teaser is going to allow them to say, do I even like this person or not enough to go in the store? And so this is where we look at your content. And we look to see like is, so if your bio is clear and compelling and your positioning statement is really really good but then your content it's dry or it's misaligned you have pictures of your dog or you are talking about rainbows or whatever right it's like oh well this this probably isn't for me this isn't my style then that is where we have a disconnect so it's really important that your content aligns with your overall message and you're constantly letting people know this is the style this is who i help this is how i do it and you're really allowing people to experience that so that they can ultimately come in and look more now the third stage of this is the test right when you think about what happens before you buy 
oftentimes, even though sometimes I would prefer not to try clothes on because I'm always in a rush, I always regret it, right? And most people want to try something on before they buy. And so when we think about that test, what happens is now we have built, they're aware of us, they know us, and they have determined based on some additional content or things within our storefront that they like us. And so they're going to come in and they want to test you. And they don't necessarily, they're not ready to buy the whole enchilada. They're not ready to buy the pantsuit, but they would really love to just experience what it looks and feels like to try you on and take you for a test drive. And so these are elements that we look at in regards to a free resource, right? Do you have a free resource that is perfectly aligned with your client and your offer? What happens is a lot of times people will create a free resource that is like super random. Even though it's kind of in the context of their expertise, it's not really in line with that core offering. And so we start to generate leads that are not even our best quality clients. And so this would be even in context to a boutique. It's like if you put up on the storefront or sort of as that teaser, a pantsuit, but then I walked in and I got a bunch of like boho type of clothes, right? I'm in a jet because that's not really what I expected. And so same thing with your test, right? How do you let people take you for a test drive without having to completely enroll in your program? I want them to experience your unique philosophy, your methods, your concepts in a way that allows them to grow closer to you, your expertise, and your offer. How can they try you on and decide, do I like if this fits or not? And it's really important to really consider what elements could be in support of this and making sure that everything you put out there is in alignment to this. This is why specificity is your best friend. Every time you create content or resources or offers, in relation to your person, you have to think about a very specific type of person, specifically a buyer, and a very specific type of problem and solution. And I don't have a lot of time here to get into that, but it's 100% going to impact your overall conversions and how this content machine can work for you. But there's things other than like a lead magnet, you can definitely have some you know, lower ticket paid resources, which we talked about in the previous episode. You can also have free experiences like a launch event, a masterclass, a free training. You can do a live training series, anything that's going to take somebody beyond them just reading your content and getting closer to really experiencing how you coach, your, like who you are as a coach, your unique methodology, and having them decide, again, does this fit me or not? The problem without sort of that test is that we're asking people to make a bigger commitment without really knowing if we're a good fit for each other. And that's important for you to really understand too is that it's not just about your potential clients and leads trying you on. You have to consider too that you want the perfect clients. Without you working with the perfect clients, you're going to be wasting your time and they're not going to get results and then it's all for nothing. So I want you to really consider this as a co-existing relationship and this process is you both really discovering whether or not you're a good fit and through this qualification process, right, those things will come to light, not just for them, but for you. 
So what element could you put in your test that is going to allow people to get closer? And what's really cool is that, again, this can be an asset that you can produce one time and leave for a while, right? So it can be a pin post, but ideally it is something like a lead magnet that then drives to a nurture sequence, right? So they opt into this free resource, they get the free resource, but then you further nurture them with a really great nurture sequence. We have um, assets and templates for this because no, I don't think you should rely on those things to convert, but they do 100% increase the overall experience that people have for you. So they're more likely to convert. So they opt into their lead magnet. They then get the nurture sequence, which is, you know, three to five, maybe even 10 emails, whichever. I don't want you to be super crazy here. But now we're introducing them more and more to our offers, our philosophies. We're helping them see already that these are the challenges that they have. This is probably what's keeping them stuck in that we can help them solve that problem. And so already, I hope you can see where this is becoming more of a journey. And it's not just like punch a bunch, you know, punch a bunch of content out and you know, see what sticks. It's really about what is that experience and you can include the things within that journey that you can, that you only have to do one time for a little bit, right? And we're going to adjust and tweak. So the last stage of that journey after we have given them that test drive is to obviously create the exchange, right? Where they are paying you for the value that you give. And in order to do that, we have to make an offer. But too often what I see is for one, you're not making offers. People aren't making offers, right? I get a people that, um, you know, get on coaching calls and feeling frustrated by their content not converting. But when I look at their content, there's very little sign, if any, that is regarding um, next steps, right? Are you explicitly saying, hey, if this is you and this is what you want or this is the problem you have, this is how I help. Here's next steps, right? Book a call, um, you know, send me a DM, whatever that looks like. That is sort of this soft offer experience, right? I don't necessarily make, like consider those um, a very firm offer making scenario because you don't really get a yes or a no when you have a call to action in content, right? Somebody can read it and, and not have to say yes or no. But it is a part of the offer making process. Ultimately, we want to get people in front of us. We want them to give us that yes or no where we are in a container, right? Preferably on a sales call and we're listening to what they have to say and what their problems are and we get to tell them that we can, guess what, solve their problems and we invite them to our offer, and when you think about even this, right, what I'm hoping you're doing is starting to see these more in, a, in, in micro steps, right? When we look at things at this big, vague sort of problem that we don't really know how to solve, that's when we start to create overwhelm. But now what we've done is we've dissected an entire journey around the content experience. And you can start to really lean into or play around with these different micro steps. And so if you're not making offers in your content every time you share, right? That is something that you can simply do. Remember, only 12% of your audience is seeing your content. And so if we're not giving, like increasing our likelihood that people are even seeing what we do and how we help people and we're not bringing them closer to us, no wonder your content is not going to be converting, right? We don't want to... um, 
put ourselves in a scenario where we feel constrained by the number of followers we have or the number of uh you know con- the the number of pieces of content we put out like this is all about creating the ecosystem because you can do a lot with a tiny 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 audience you do not need any more than what you have now. You just need to know how to optimize that experience. And so if you think about those four stages and you think about where you could A, implement assets that can be created one time and you can leave them in that machine to produce for you over and over again. Things that come to mind are, you know, pinned posts that are going to give people that experience of your expertise, the connection, your story. You have highlights on Instagram. You have a lead magnet that can help people give a little bit of a taste. You have an email nurture sequence that can be automated that comes right after that lead magnet, right? All of these things we help you actually build with more intentionality in 10K, and I invite you to experience that uh, program in person or, you know, for yourself and, and start to see what it looks like to actually grow your coaching business with experts that actually uh, know how to. But ultimately, this gives you somewhere to start. This is a very valuable uh, perspective for you so that you can just be honest with yourself and take a look at where you have that opportunity. I think it's easy to blame things like the algorithm or um, other people, right? Like, well, I don't have a big enough audience or people aren't really seeing my content. That What that's doing is you're just blaming other things and it takes away that power. You give away your power which doesn't give you the opportunity to really elevate your problem solving skills and really work through these scenarios because ultimately as a business owner that's what you have to do and so where in this machine can you install things that can work for you over and over again and where can you make even the most simple tweaks to get more out of your content so that you can organically right you don't need you don't need ads yet organically convert clients consistently if you want us to go deeper with you on this and really personally help you really implement these processes if you want us to uh, personally review your content and make recommendations you know part of this piece is obviously having a compelling message right a message that's unique and different but that also resonates with your audience and also having an offer that people will buy all of this will be for nothing if you are selling something that people don't want or that people are confused to buy and I think that is definitely about 80% of the problem because you think that you're selling something that people want but it's likely missing a huge component and I can immediately diagnose what that is after looking at your offer and so that's something we do together in 10k as well so I hope this was helpful I encourage you to really look at that experience and focus on really narrowing in on one or two sort of pathways right these are your client journeys there's several ways I imagine that people can enter your ecosystem especially if you have like a podcast or you have several different platforms or you're doing master classes right there's these different sort of tentacles within your pathways that get people in and through and so it's important to look at them all individually and think about where can I optimize and tweak to really further this experience for people so that I can draw them into my offer and let them know that I'm the perfect person to solve their problem all right that's a wrap I hope you have a wonderful day I'll talk to you next time 
Hey you, thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. I'll see you there.